Everyone will follow the rules of the class. First rule, no talking. Does that mean... Second rule, no eating in my class. Would anyone care for a bonbon? Uh, I'll eat one. <gasps> Pick your favorite. How's it taste? It's a delightful taste sensation. No eating in my classroom! Cue the intro! And more importantly, welcome to I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, the most nonsensically nautical podcast you're going to find while you're sifting out there for that audio gold. New year, new me, new intro. Might be cliche to say, but that's the energy I'm rolling with over here. I know that there are some out there who scoff at New Year's celebrations and even the concept of New Year's resolutions, but you know what? If you celebrate the New Year, I hope it was a relaxing one. If you have a New Year's resolution, I hope you stay on that path regardless of the naysayers. And even if it's just another day for you, another night, I hope it was a relaxing one. And even if you don't have a New Year's resolution out there, I hope at some point this year you find a resolution to better yourself in any way, shape, or form, and you stop bothering others who decide January 1st is the day to do it. You know, it doesn't matter. As you've said, it's just another day. Ha, gotcha. And what a day it is, especially the day of the release of this episode. January 5th is also the birthday of one of the most prolific voices you could ever have as a part of your animated cartoon or movie or video game or if you are lucky to get this man on camera for your project. I am talking about the one, the only, Mr. Krabs himself, Clancy Brown. Clancy has brought so much to the world of entertainment, and every single project that he's a part of, his voice is worth its weight in gold. Of course, gold would catch the eye of Mr. Krabs and that of Lex Luthor, but let's not forget one of... His most iconic roles, that of Dr. Neo Cortex from the Crash Bandicoot series, starting with Crash Bandicoot 2 and all through the legendary Crash Bandicoot Warped, Crash Bash, Crash Team Racing, and even if you weren't the biggest fan of it, it still was a fun time at parts, Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex. <laughs> And with that in mind, it's possible that instead of his voice being worth its weight in gold, it's worth its weight in crystals. Either way, however you want to spin it, happy birthday, Clancy Brown. Thank you for all that you've brought to the world of film, the world of television, the world of animation, the world of video games, and thank you for continually being a part of our lives. Even if you're playing some dastardly and evil characters you're one of the best at it. And you're our Mr. Krabs. No one, and I mean no one, has even come close to capturing the essence 
of what Mr. Krabs is, this extremely cheap and at times evil character that is also one of the sweetest once you really look down upon him in a certain perspective. Thank you, Clancy. I hope it's a it's a good day for you. A happy birthday. And as for me, as of the recording of this episode, what's really ironic, and I have to get this out of the way right now because it's been on my mind as I've been trying to record this, but as it turns out, I'm recording this episode four years after the time that I was myself let go of a position. I was fired. Captain Eric? Yeah! And we'll delve more into it later on in the episode when it's more pertinent at the time. But I honestly, throughout all of my, you know, preparation for this episode, I was obviously comfortable in in opening up a little bit as to what had happened and just the similarities between Mrs. Puff and I. But in some way, I completely overlooked the fact that I was fired the first week of the year. And as I was coming up with all the New Year's stuff to talk about in this week's episode, writing some notes down, it then clicked. Because one of the things I originally was going to say in the beginning of this episode in terms of covering Mrs. Puff, you're fired, was going to be, well, that's not a great way to start the new year, huh? And then, boom, light bulb went in my head. And this is all raw right here. This is uh, all emotion coming out right now. But being fired is not necessarily the best thing in the world. It is never really a good thing. But I can tell you this, with prejudice, that there is always a silver lining that can be found when one door is closed for you, even if it's not of your own accord and not of your own choosing, if it's done for you, there is always going to be something new, fresh, and exciting to be found along your path of life. That's it. I just, can you, can you just wrap your head around that? Who would have thought if I would have walked out of the building I was leaving after being fired from and somebody said, hey, four years from now, you're going to be recording the episode, Mrs. Puff, you're fired. And, you know, it's not that big of a a deal, but the coincidence there is just mind blowing. Mrs. Puff? You're fired! First premiered in Australia on March 13th, 2006, before premiering in America on April Fool's Day, April 1st, 2006. It is the second half of the 69th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it was storyboard directed by Casey Alexander and Chris Mitchell, who wrote it alongside Tim Hill. Our animation director is Tom Yasumi, our technical director is Vincent Waller, and our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. Yes! Oh my gosh! Right at the start of this episode, we are introduced to a new character, Mr. Fitz, 
who is the superintendent of schools and gives off a real Steve Buscemi kind of vibe. And even though it's not mentioned in the episode proper, in the credits of the episode, they give this character a first name. He is not just Mr. Fitz, but he is also known as... That is right, Gunther. Gunther Fitz we have here, the superintendent, who is showing up as a a review of Mrs. Puff's boating school and wants to point out the fact that even though she has a very high success rate, a 99.9% success rate with every other student who shows up through her school, there is one student who has failed 1,000,000 258,056 times and has tanked her record. And we all know who's to blame for that now, don't we? I'm ready. Mrs. Puff is rightfully pleading the case that SpongeBob is just by all means unteachable, which in the traditional sense is true. When it comes to SpongeBob sitting behind the wheel and following the instructions of how everyone else drives, he fails. And he's going to continue to fail as one of the golden rules of SpongeBob is for this sponge to never truly learn how to drive the boatmobile and earn his license. But for SpongeBob, if you introduce any sort of unorthodox means of driving, adding a walkie-talkie into the matter, uh, making the car a sandwich, if you put a bandana over his eyes, all of the sudden, boom, SpongeBob SquarePants knows how to drive, and he knows how to drive well. But no governing body is going to hand out a license if you can only drive with a cover over your eyes, or if you can only drive backwards, so on and so forth. So for Mrs. Puff and her teaching methods, She's 100% right. SpongeBob is unteachable. But that's where the twist is then turned onto Mrs. Puff. You have one shot left for this student to pass. And if he doesn't, you are going to be gone. We're going to remove your teacher's license. And you're out of here. Get that garbage out of here! And just like that, for as quick as that boating lesson was, Mrs. Puff is fired from her position as the lead instructor of Mrs. Puff's boating school. Mr. Fitz wants her gone because it's not SpongeBob that has failed this lesson. It's Mrs. Puff. Turning the tables on the entire situation, the fact that it's the teacher failing this situation and not the student. And even though for Mr. Fitz it's understandable in this situation, for him to see the student not even know how to maintain the simplest of tasks inside of the boat, he looks at Mrs. Puff and goes, You're the you're the failing aspect in this in this environment. Well, what what do you say about all the other successful drivers that are coming out of Mrs. Puff's boating school? Shouldn't the amount of times that this one student has failed 
be more indicative on the student than Mrs. Puff in her entirety, you know? I am totally game for the idea that different people require different teaching methods to succeed. I would say I am one of those people who would notice the way that certain teachers would tackle the same subject and how engaged I was into that subject depending on the teaching method. So certainly, I'm not saying that SpongeBob is a lost cause and is unteachable across the board, but when it comes to the way that Mrs. Puff is going about teaching boating, which seems to be the correct way, SpongeBob is unteachable. But Mr. Fitz doesn't have enough information to see that distinction and decides to fire Mrs. Puff. Get out of here. This is no longer Mrs. Puff's boating school. It is now boating school. Get on, get. Go on, get. And although most people in this situation would find themselves in a, a troubling and sad emotional state, Mrs. Puff is taking the high road of this situation, and she is now finally free from ever having to teach SpongeBob SquarePants ever again. That's her silver lining. As I've mentioned, being fired is never a, a good feeling. Even if there aren't really any emotional stakes at hand, it's not always fun when somebody chooses what happens to you, what your next step is. When they open the door, push you through, and then close the door right on your back, that's never a fun feeling. And I would know from experience I've been let go twice in my life, and knock on wood, hopefully it's it's not anything I look forward to or anything I'm actively trying to occur. And the first time I, I was let go from a job, it really wasn't anything that was a big deal for me, honestly. I'd only worked at this job for maybe a week or so before I was let go, and it simply came down to just me not meeting the speeds or standards of this position. It was in a environment of more of a factory aerospace, and the job that I had involved masking parts that was very simple. And for someone who uses an X-Acto knife all the time for projects, I found myself more worried about ruining any of these parts as it was told to me the room for error was high and the amount that went into making these parts was not one that they really wanted mistakes on so being someone completely new in that kind of environment I took my time I made sure that my work was good and hopefully I didn't really mess up any parts but as I mentioned I wasn't necessarily up to the speeds that they were looking for and I was let go after about a week or so, and it wasn't anything that held any sort of emotional weight other than the fact that I had one or two friends that still work there who had gotten me the job, and having to go through that embarrassment of, oh, the rug was pulled from under me, can't be there anymore, sorry about that, guys. But other than that, for my first time being quote-unquote fired, wasn't that bad. It, it certainly, like I said, the embarrassment of it was certainly there, and the idea of somebody making that decision for me 
didn't really feel the best, but I quickly got up, dusted myself off, and moved on to the next chapters of my life. The second time I was fired was a bit more of a gut punch for me, with some emotional scars that are still felt to this day in some way or another. Ironically, I was a teacher in some form just like Mrs. Puff, a teacher's aide to be exact, and was fired for both coming in early without permission and then lying about having said permission. Liars can't work with kids is a quote I don't think will ever leave my memory at all. It still rings in there to this day as something someone said on my way out of this position. I'll spare you the details and the drama, but I did have permission. I walked into somebody's office only one time in my career there for this permission, and I don't think they genuinely checked the cameras as I asked them to do. I can tell you, again with prejudice, that no matter how beloved you may be with your coworkers or those you are serving, someone within the power chain above you doesn't like you, all it takes is a little pull to break that link And in some fragile environments like a school, it is best to just go and move on. I absolutely loved my job as a teacher's aide. I don't think there's a question that my presence was genuinely felt at that school and that I had made an impact during the time that I was there. And unfortunately, my time was cut short and the rug was pulled right under me. It certainly hurt, and as I said, there are certain parts of that that are felt to this day, certain levels of untrust, but I am proud of what I was able to accomplish during my time there, and there is one certain video in particular that I've been trying to make that is in regards to at least one of the arts and crafts projects that I was a part of in this school. And it's just one little window into the level of effort and love that went into my job. And I had a lot of pride for what I did there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to spill the tea on this situation here. I'm going to put that up in the cupboard for now. But just know that I'm doing okay. I'm on to bigger and better things in my life, new chapters, exciting projects, exciting prospects, and honestly, I'm happy to be recording Mrs. Puff, You're Fired four years after I was fired, pretty much to the day. The first week of January is not the best time to be fired, let me tell you from experience. Those On to new prospects for her, which we don't get to see in this episode. It's actually one of the subversions of this episode. You would think with Mrs. Puff being in the title, you would follow her a bit more. But we actually get to see what happens in the fallout of her firing. Gunther Fitz puts a new drill and I mean, driving instructor in charge of the school. One of his best driving instructors and a character that goes completely nameless through this episode unless you pay attention to the credits. 
which if you did, that's how you would get Mr. Fitz's first name. And you would also find out that the new instructor's name is Sergeant Roderick. Come get some! Strict and unorthodox methods and rules immediately evacuate the class, except for one student. Uh, of course, SpongeBob. I'm not even going to act like it's anybody else. Uh, he tries these tactics that I feel like I remember at least one substitute teacher trying in my life. Not exactly like this, but the extent of stating that there's a rule and then immediately placing a trap right afterwards to see if anybody would break that rule. You know, I... I can't say that any teacher has ever offered me a chocolate bonbon. Uh, any any candy would have to be wrapped if it was ever offered. But uh, the fact that he screams at someone for even asking a question once he states the rule of no talking and then says no eating. Does anybody want a chocolate bonbon? One guy decides, you know what? I'm just going to. Put caution to the wind. Let's see what happens here. Let's roll the dice. And he gets thrown through a second door after the first guy got thrown through. And it's very clear that none of the other students think it's worth learning how to drive if this is the instructor they have to deal with. And they all leave the room. Which is incredibly funny for SpongeBob to be the one to stay. Because I feel like out of all of these characters... He's the one who needs to learn how to drive the least. And that's a judgment just based off of the information I have about his life. Maybe if he was allowed to drive with one of these unorthodox means, he would absolutely drive to work, drive to jellyfish fields. He would utilize a boat. But I don't see a need for a boat in his life. And honestly, the need for driving only came as a necessity for a call from Nickelodeon. Early on in the character's iteration, Steven Hillenburg already had SpongeBob as a full-fledged adult. He just existed as an adult, owned his own home, went to work, hung out with his friends, had his hobbies, jellyfishing. That was it. There was even an early image of SpongeBob alongside all of the other main characters with Spongebob driving like it's no big deal. And in a crossroads of genius, when Nickelodeon requested that the character still attend school in some form so that there could be these school-age stories they could tell, like homework and bullies, they brought out the idea that Spongebob now doesn't know how to drive and is attending boating school to learn how to drive, which is ingenious. It necessitated a need from the network and also brought alongside an entirely new character and environment with a new quirk for the main character itself. Not only is the environment perfect for all of those school-age stories I mentioned, but it is ingenious that for as extraordinary as SpongeBob is and for what he's able to do even with a piece of paper... When it comes to learning how to drive in a traditional means, that is his one F across the board. One of the best fry cooks to ever exist 
underwater or out on land is able to do extraordinary things inside of a box with a piece of paper. His imagination is bar none, one of the greatest. And even with all of that, even as one of the best jellyfishers, as one of the best origami makers, you can list all of the trophies that SpongeBob has. He has a closet full of them. The one he doesn't have is a license that even Patrick, Patrick Starr was able to achieve at one point. That's a beautiful wrinkle that without that network note, who knows how we would have gotten that. We probably wouldn't have. If they didn't say that and said, yeah, you know what? Everything's good with your story. SpongeBob SquarePants doesn't have to go to school. We may miss out on all of these wonderful episodes that have happened inside of the boating school. So think about that for a moment. The next time, if you're, if you're in a creative environment where someone above you wants to make a creative change, instead of just saying no and being staunch, see how you can change things to work in a creative way. Sometimes you may end up finding more gold going down that path than you would on your own. There are plenty of examples across the board of creators who were given some sort of creative liberty in one way and then in other ways they had to, to lean towards whatever the network needed or wanted. And in that kind of middle ground, they were able to find something that was better than if either side just had full range. So, you know, just remember Mrs. Puff's boating school the next time you're at one of those creative crossroads. Uh, so Mrs. Puff's gone, of course. Sergeant Roderick is in. Whose voice actor is, of course, English actor Robin Sachs, who was born on February 5th, 1951, and has been a part of such projects as The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Galaxy Quest, Ocean's Eleven, Resident Evil Damnation, and has even appeared on such television shows such as Jake and the Fat Man, Dynasty the Reunion, Walker, Texas Ranger, was the voice of the Silver Surfer on the 1994 animated Fantastic Four, appeared on Baywatch Nights, which was a spinoff of Baywatch. So there's your David Hasselhoff connection there. But also was, of course, Sergeant Sam Roderick in SpongeBob SquarePants. Another little wrinkle there of the character that we learn from the credits. If you are a video game fan out there, you may remember Robin Sachs's voice appearing in such games as Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Dragon Age Origins, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, and Kanan Lynch 2 Dog Days, which was one of my guilty pleasures of the Xbox 360 era. Unfortunately, the world lost Robin Sachs on February 1st, 2013, at the age of 61, a mere four days before his 62nd birthday. And we would be celebrating his 72nd birthday this year, as it's been 10 years since we've lost Robin Sachs and I just have to say, for a character that only makes 
one appearance in the entire run of SpongeBob SquarePants, Robin and his voice helped make this character pretty iconic for a one-time, one-off character. And there aren't many characters that they've only used once and never again. Sergeant Roderick is up there as one of the top of all time. And this is a character that, may I add, goes unnamed in this episode. We only know of his name from paying attention to the credits. They could have just had Instructor in the credits and left him completely unnamed. Which, as far as Sergeant Roderick is concerned, he doesn't care that his students know his name or not. Because he's there to teach them the brass tacks on how to drive and to make sure that they can drive safely before they exit his program. His program and his teaching style, to his knowledge, no one has ever failed from who has also lived through it. If you catch my drift, what he's trying to say is, for his course, if you fail it, you either die or you don't exist. That's just it. There is no failure. You just try and try and try again. His methods as far as tackling the square pants issue are certainly interesting, to say the least. He strips away the entire boat experience and brings things down to their basics. Before you can drive, you need to learn how to run. Before you run, you need to learn how to walk. Before you walk, you need to learn how to crawl. And he makes SpongeBob crawl through, I'm guessing, this brand new course that he's designed with some hilarious effects, of course. When SpongeBob is crawling through the first time and runs into the pebble, it's one of my favorite moments where you can have a piece of audio just repeat a few times and you're eventually going to get a laugh out of me. In this moment where SpongeBob runs over the pebble and it's almost as if a tire has, has hit something and has gone flat and it's running the car off of the road or the boatmobile in this regard, but SpongeBob himself is not able to stop his crawling, and everything about the audio, the animation about this part, kills me. Every time. I've seen this episode more than I actually thought I did. When, when this was upcoming, when I saw the title, I didn't remember exactly Sergeant Roderick and Mr. Fitz. I just knew, oh, we have a Mrs. Puff episode. She's fired. I forgot which one of the episodes it was where Mrs. Puff is not there. And then when it was coming closer, I was like, oh, wait, I've seen this episode a ton. It's one of my favorites of, of this season. So I, I enjoyed this moment of, of SpongeBob screaming. Um, every interaction between Roderick and SpongeBob, I, I can't tell you how much I love the interactions between Roderick and SpongeBob, the way it's written, the way the acting is done between them. There, there feels like there's a genuine understanding of respect between the job at hand of learning this track, of learning the new skills of eventually driving a boat. The methods that Roderick come along with may seem extreme to some. 
but especially when SpongeBob has learned the track inside and out, could run the track blindfolded if he wanted, and could name each and every individual pebble along his way. Eventually, Roderick gets to the point of having SpongeBob take a boatmobile and take it apart piece by piece so that he understands and appreciates the level of effort that goes into making a boatmobile. Because not only does he have to break it apart, he has to put it all back up together again. There is a, a level of respect that you can find between Roderick, what he is shouting at at SpongeBob to get him to do, and SpongeBob climbing to those efforts. I myself have felt moments like this. I, I haven't been in the military per se, but I was in the Young Marines, which, for those that don't know, are essentially, and this just is the easiest way to put it for those that don't know, are a military version of the Boy Scouts. It's, it's that same kind of experience where you're getting together as a group and you're learning so many various different things from how to shine a boot to how to iron a shirt. Of course, the proper way to do push-ups. And there's so many little bits of military life that are sprinkled onto a young mind experience. So in that experience, though, you are, you know, talked to by drill instructors, not on a full metal jacket level of intensity, but you are spoken to in a way that you would expect to find in the military. And in that, though, if you can... Find the balance where you know that they're not yelling at you personally and it's not yelling to yell because there are people out there who, who do that. But there's there's a level of intensity that they want to express through their voice that is meant to push you into finding that, you know, when you're like trying to do a pull-up and you have somebody at your side pumping you up and shouting at you and you can eventually achieve that pull-up, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's that that you can find where when you as the person being yelled at can take on what they're yelling and just rise up to that occasion in that moment in time, you, you can find that balance that... Roderick and Spongebob eventually find with one another. When Fitz comes back, Gunther Fitz comes back to see how things are going, you can tell that Roderick is proud to show off Spongebob and his skills. And you can also feel the pride that Spongebob has in what he's been able to do. Because not only has Spongebob been able to Learn the course, front side, back side, inside and out. He's been able to successfully take apart and put together a boatmobile, which tells you that SpongeBob at this point should know more about the boat than at any other point in the show's run since he's been able to do that. And he's been able to drive the boat successfully on this course in many ways, including blindfolded. 
That is the level of Sergeant Roderick's teachings. Not bad. Not bad, I gotta say. There are some out there who wouldn't be able to function in that teaching method. And even though I threw my support towards that, I'll also tell you it's not for everybody. And that also doesn't mean that you can't rise to those same levels without it. For some, it is that extra level of, you know, push that you need in the same way, in a nice roundabout way, that there are some out there who need that flip of a calendar to get that New Year's resolution, you know, up and going. Sometimes you need somebody yelling at you, not in a mean, like, personal, this is straight at you to dig at you kind of way, but in an overall, this is just meant as a as a hype kind of tool, even if it's some guy screaming at you as you're doing push-ups. And, uh, yeah, I, I haven't experienced anything of the full metal jacket level, even as a young Marine in my time there, but there certainly were some instructors who did not tone it down, even though they were talking to kids up to up to the age of like 17. They brought the same level of intensity that they would speak to a room of adults into that room with you. And you know what? I mean, that's what's expected. There are also times where they, they obviously are talking to you like human beings. Wonderful experience I had with that organization. Nothing, nothing but good things to say, honestly. Even, even at my worst moments where I thought, man, I could really quit this place, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. So I, I've had that Sergeant Roderick level of, uh, of you know, anger and, and yelling, and, and you just you pick yourself back up and you keep going. And then you're at this level that SpongeBob finds himself of, of a confidence that we have not seen before of this guy behind a boatmobile. And Gunther Fitz is here to see the progress. But everyone is shocked once they get behind the boatmobile, the wheel of the boatmobile, and SpongeBob puts on his blindfold. Because for some reason, SpongeBob is only able to now work this boatmobile at the level he has been learning at due to his eyes being blocked off and due to the blindfold being on. Sergeant Roderick's teaching methods now have the SpongeBob backhanded experience where he overtaught him and now the methods he taught him are now the only ways SpongeBob can achieve success, which are impressive methods, but not outside of this course. How can you justify, even if someone is able to run this course perfectly, forwards and in reverse with a blindfold on, how do you give them a license to go out on the main roads of the sea with a blindfold. You can't justify that. Even if you show competency behind the wheel, you're only showing a, a repetition, learning of repetition of this course and this boat. So I completely understand where Fitz is coming from. And of course, Roderick's like, D you can't wear a blindfold. Get that off. SpongeBob, unfortunately, without the blindfold, is at his worst. And now Roderick is experiencing what Mrs. Puff 
has been experiencing for more than a million times with SpongeBob behind the wheel without a blindfold. Sergeant Roderick, though, sacrifices himself to try to stop this boatmobile. And I say sacrifice because not only do we never see this character again, but to his own credit, he said that no one has been able to fail his class and live. And with Mr. Fitz present, we know his way of thinking that if there happens to be a failure at the hand of a student, then it's on the instructor, not the student, which means, in a roundabout way, that Sergeant Roderick's own lesson plan with SpongeBob ends up killing him. It fails SpongeBob. And when you fail his class, nope, there's no one living. So that's a perfectly reasonable roundabout explanation for why this character, you know, we see what happens, but why we never see this character again. Now, as they're driving through the fields next to the kelp forest, they end up running into Mrs. Puff, who has taken up a little bit of painting in her off time. She ends up getting swept up right into another SpongeBob driving situation before Roderick's demise. And at the end of things, ends up right where she started, in the passenger seat of her best friend's ride, trying to holler and scream. Well, just in the passenger seat of a boatmobile that is being crashed by SpongeBob SquarePants and Mr. Fitz watching the entire situation. And because of everything he saw, Mr. Fitz has enough evidence to determine that it is not Mrs. Puff that was at fault. It is, in fact, SpongeBob SquarePants, who he now accepts is unteachable. And even though Mrs. Puff gets her license back to teach, unfortunately for her, SpongeBob's entire uh, file that was on hand was destroyed in the destruction that he caused driving behind the wheel. Therefore, it was as if SpongeBob and his million-plus boating exams didn't happen. So welcome, fresh and new student to the boating school, SpongeBob SquarePants, as we leave Mrs. Puff crying in, you know, the most Mrs. Puff way. Unfortunately... There are characters that have to have a little bit of a bad day at SpongeBob's happiness. Squidward and Mrs. Puff would be two characters that certainly would fit that bill of those that have to have a little bit of a, of a crummy experience at the expense of SpongeBob SquarePants. But at least I'm hoping that uh, he's paying for all of these exams. Even if it takes another million tries for SpongeBob SquarePants, even if it's a dollar an exam and she has to crash, hey, you have to make your bread, Mrs. Puff. Get your money and get home so you can finish the rest of that pasta. Pasta! Life throws a lot at each and every one of us, and we're all constantly turning corners without any knowledge as to what is going to be on the other side. There's always a hope that it's a positive experience, but there's always a chance that it's not. 
and you may find yourself down a negative path, but just remember, no matter how much you've been walking on that path, there's always a chance for there to be another corner for you to turn. And the only way to know when that's coming up or where you're going to find it is for you to keep going. So even if you find yourself in a situation like Mrs. Puff, like myself, where someone pulls the rug right from under you, a nice little metaphor of being fired, somebody pushes you down off your path, down a path you didn't expect, oh no, someone turned the corner for you. Don't turn around and try to force yourself back. Just keep moving forward. Eventually, you will find your way. And even if it's back in the same place you started, you still may bring yourself new experiences back with you, like with Mrs. Puff and her painting. I didn't know that she was that much into painting, and now I do. And now she probably learned some new techniques that she has with her as she's restarting her boating school experience. So never get too discouraged when something dire like a firing happens to you. Just pick yourself back up and move on. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, members of the Ready Crew, is going to be it for this week's episode, which has been a doozy. It's been a lot to get through. And certainly trying to bring up and talk about traumatic experiences in a manner like this isn't the easiest. But for those of you out there listening, for those on the Ready Crew, you're worth it. You're, you're worth it for this kind of content. You're worth it for this podcast, for everything SpongeBob related. And I can't thank you enough for being a part of my year. We recently hit 420 subscribers on YouTube and counting. So thank you to the OG 420 crew here on the SS I'm Ready. And welcome aboard. If you find yourself stumbling across this podcast, and you're listening to my voice at this point, then do yourself a favor and either scroll down and hit the subscribe button on YouTube or click on the Captain Eric YouTube link in the podcast description and click subscribe. Hit that bell if you'd like to or not, but I understand not wanting to be bombarded with every single notification of every single content creator. I get that. If you'd like to know whenever I put something out, Hit that bell if you're so inclined, but slap that subscribe button with all of your might and let's have some real fun this year. As my internet, as of today, was upgraded, I am now able to live stream with no problem in any moment's notice and within the oncoming weeks, I'm hoping to at least live stream with you guys once a week to either watch something together, play something Jackbox, drawing, anything that gets just a community level together. Nothing that has to do with money, but just fun. I love you guys. Thank you for being a part of my life, and thank you for being a part of the Ready Crew. If you would like to write into the show any questions, comments, suggestions, you can do so by emailing me at spongepodpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Captain Eric on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast. 
and on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast. You can also, as mentioned, subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. And if you are inclined to want to support the Captain in a monetary means, then you can click on that Redbubble link where you can find yourself Captain Eric logos and other pieces of art that you can put on a multitude of different products. Anything that comes in from my projects go directly back into my projects. And as always, it'll be tremendously appreciated. Thank you for being a part of my year, and let's make this one even better than the last. As always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Did I pass? Well, if there was a destroy the city part of the test, you would have. The nerve of some people. Sorry, SpongeBob. You failed again. Even our finest instructor could not teach you. Mrs. Puff, you're hired again. (laughs) 